Good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get into another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Fellas, you're doing fine. How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Right into it. Right into it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Talk about the Astros making the playoffs for the first time in 10 years (laughs) in a a divisional wild card game playing Yankees Tuesday in New York. Let's patronize Thoughts. it. Let's patronize it, Doc. Let's patronize it. Let's yeah, I mean, you can keep this simple. They got it done. Yeah. Much, and, and they lost. They got it done. That means they got help from somebody else. They didn't just well, automatically get it. They're the that. fifth wild card, correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, the fifth playoff team, I should say. Yeah. The and second it, wild card. It, it was actually really a great end to the season in terms of the theater. Um, True. Texas. You kind of want that. Could have helped them really early as they were playing the Angels. Uh, as soon as they would have gotten that win, which would have clinched it for Texas, it would have made sure that Houston Astros got in as a wild card. It was a little something on the table where if Texas lost all of them, Angels got in there, you would have had this three-way tie, mm-hmm. which would have been nice because you could have put the banner up, but also it would not really have done you justice in terms of going to playoffs because you would have had a series of these one-game right. basically playing games we can use that here obviously they don't like to use it for the NCA but that's a whole another discussion as we get into the NCA and how they feel about a ruling that took place that they think they won but I have some matters of different opinion as, on parts of that as, but as we get back to the Astros as okay. the focus of this introduction that we're talking about here is the fact that when Texas mm-hmm. Lost those first two games to the Angels, you know, people were kind of getting a little nervous. Astros did what they had to do. They continued to win, which meant that they were in good positions. The last day came up, and finally the Rangers won. Thank goodness. And so the Astros were good, got the news they were in, and it worked out from the point because they got beat. We don't know if they would have played it any differently from the framework, uh, uh, knowing that uh, the Texas – um, Texas Rangers had lost that game. You never know. But uh, from that framework, you give them a lot of credit. And yeah. I think um, they're playing some good baseball right now. They're playing honestly. okay basketball. basketball. No, I thought at the end of the season they played really well. The first part of the month that you're uh, Reference to, to is, yeah. Oh, yeah. is when was, they went on that slide yeah. and almost put themselves in a position where they wouldn't be in the playoffs. And I'm going to be honest with you. I that when see, I think it was the 1st of August, um, and they started putting numbers and all up, the scenarios and stuff. I never would have figured that it would have come to the last day of the season, right? Just because of where they were in the, in the yeah, they in had the such a big lead. Which you think about that, but I think we got so excited about how they played baseball early, and really, if you think about it, they were way over the head. So that, well, they were true. going to regress to the mean. We just hope that it didn't regress past the mean in such mm-hmm. a way they got outside of the playoffs. So, I think if you take the big picture of this. Uh, some teams, rightfully so, like maybe the Texans. Yeah, you can be frustrated in terms of where they are, the organization. Mm-hmm. But if you really look at the Astros, I think if you take this as a big picture, and I got at the beginning of the year and I asked you, Woody, would you take it if the Astros made the playoffs in regards to a wild card? You said I would have yes. been happy. I would have been, been very happy. And the reason you would have been happy is because where they were, right? Of not only the, not the, making the, playoffs the, but losing the youth of this this squad. Then you and look then, at the fact that this is a youthful team. So when you are a youthful team, you're going to go through those different slumps and slides. And what they did is they did really well early. They did really well at home. And they did enough when you look at the season all together. They got in the playoffs. Now you talk about that first-round matchup. Let's get in that a little bit. Dallas is is, 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 is the starter for tomorrow. It's already been decided upon. I 
I get him a, a shot just because of him on the mound. I agree. And they really need to get into it early um, to take some of the pressure First off, off them, right. put the pressure on the Yankees in regards to what's going on. Yankees are one of those teams, you're not sure what you're really going to get True. in regards to this team. Um, they have the mystique behind them True. in regards to that. But, but you this, also have a, this group of players really hadn't been in the playoffs in a while. They don't have the – Right, that's true. That was the lead captain, so that's a little different. So I think we'll have to watch and see how this plays out. I think you have to go with the Yankees in terms of them having a home field advantage, but don't be surprised if the Astros can find a way to bang out some big hits, especially some home runs in a small ballpark, and give themselves a chance, what I would call a puncher's chance, to make it out of the wild card. Also, you're looking at uh, managing uh, managing the game. You know, they've got a veteran that that's been there Great for, point. for a while, Great and point. he he'll be looking at some things, and yeah, he'll see a lot. He'll force the youth. Out of those, out of, out of all right, right all right, all right. Y'all, you baseball people. Let me just, nah, let me just read this for you. I, 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 In 16 I, I, innings against the Yankees this season, Dallas Keuchel allowed nine hits, one walk, and struck out 21. Give the folks some stats there. Well, that what, a doctor? You know what? I'm glad you you stepped <laughs> in. I like you chimed in with it. Yeah, because uh, we were just – Having a, well, a Doc, you already upset the listeners to pick the Yankees to win tomorrow, so, I mean, you got to bring them back into the belief in uh, into the podcast. <laughs> you know, Are you, really? Off. Really? got to give the really? folks some hope. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Because, folks, folks, we hadn't got started yet. This is just as, as an appetizer to, one of those, to patronize. Well, was, was on the, to win. Was, was, was in New York, so he was in the Bronx, so he yeah. beat that Yankees here and in New York, so he's not like. Yeah, he play, he pitch. He, he, yeah, and they're going to need him to do his thing. And that's why I said, so, him right. going on the mound, I give him the puncher's chance. Yeah. 7 o'clock Tuesday. Uh, what is that on? Fox Sports? Fox Sports 1? What, what are those? I don't know. The station. Fox Sports 1. It's Fox Sports 1? Okay. They'll go into the uh, Fox as you get further down into the playoffs. That's why you're on these podcasts, Doc, adding to help us out with knowledge. Thank you. Anything else? I have another question. I'll listen to uh, Mike and Mike this morning. You know, I don't follow baseball worth a oh, damn. Oh, Tovey did his thing. Tovey did his thing. Hey. But um, <clears throat> he's supposed to. Yeah. The uh, National League division, Central Division. Oh, I know it's going to go ahead. Cause I, Cardinals, I got, got a Pirates, and Cubs. Ooh, wow. Three best records in baseball in the same division. Cardinals win 100, Pirates 98, Cubs That's 97. Crazy. That's crazy. But, now. but the Pirates and the Cubs play in a one-game situation playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So one will be gone. So you'll have one team, one of the three best records in Sitting on the baseball, sideline. gone after one day. Yep, fishing. It happens. Are they going to go to? Is the, that right? Are they going to go to the NBA? I got a problem with that. Erase to, to all. Extent. I got a problem with that. Erase all the divisions. You can win your division, but it's in all sports. You award every sport rewards Except the division banner. They changed it. Right? Well, now, yes, finally, reward the division winner with home field, home court, home ice. Based on record, you played a whole season for five, six, seven months. It's great that you won a division. Okay. But if you won a bad division, you won a bad division. I, I really like the idea when you think about it because if you win the division, you're still able to celebrate the fact that you won the division. You get in the playoffs. Right. That's, you hang a banner. That's your, that's your credit Barry. for the regular season. Okay. But if you really want to make the regular season worth something, yeah. it's now that you say the value of what you did in the regular season – is going to add value to where you are seated in the playoffs. It doesn't do anything in terms of playoffs. All the teams are still in. Uh, but I think it makes the playoffs more intriguing, 
and I think it makes it more interesting in terms of really giving the best teams a great slot of where they should be in terms of having a chance to really make a difference in the playoffs. I really like what the NBA went to. And it'll be interesting to see if that discussion will come up in the Major League Baseball. I mean, and it's been this way for years, though, which really surprises me. I mean, what if you have a under five hundred record? You win a visit, you get home field. You see that? You, in you have, <laughs> Why? What, well, it, see it in the NFL? It, it, yeah. it may change just because you've got a new commissioner that's willing to listen to some things to kind of like right. bring the fans back. But into it's going to be interesting to see. How much is he like Bud? One thing, people jumped on Bud from the standpoint. Oh, yeah. But he was one of the first ones that did the wildcat. Yeah. He put it in the second wild card after a lot of people were kind of shaking back. Now we're seeing where it's really playing off. So he said that he listens to a lot. He's done some things in terms of spring training with the clock, trying to play with right. that. But it'll be interesting to see will he be able to really push forward and get the owners, if you would, and to I, get enough inertia and initiative, if you would, to really change some things. And I, it's, with that, I think it'll more it'll, it'll boil down to how many, you know, new new owners moving into the league. Right. And and, and, right. and once he gets a certain amount, right. he may he may go to push. Uh, True. And it's going to be a good to see you at this point what kind of relationship he has right. with the owners in terms of him being able to push his initiative. It's one thing to be with the owners and do what you're supposed to do in terms of generate revenue. We know that's huge, but now it's different than when you start tweaking the game. You might get a little pushback. And so it's going to be interesting to see who's on those rule committees and what kind of relationship he has with those owners is essentially what you're saying. Yep, and I hope it, it all works out and looks and like we will it. see. Now, Doc, got one question, then we can, we can appease this guy over here on the other side. Architect? Yeah. Korea and Altuve. Wow. Awards. They're in the hunt. I believe, and I maybe I'm a homer a little bit here, and I've got the – and when I say homer, not the just yeah. the Astros. I, I, I'm I, not one of those kind of fans. But the fact is I've gotten to see them play quite a bit just because yeah. the television package, obviously, and watching them quite often. And I think um, it's what I – question in my opinion that career should get the uh, rookie of the year award i'd be surprised if he doesn't get that altuve should have got award last year some people say no but if he doesn't get this year i'm really going to be disappointed you want to talk about any of the other uh aspects of baseball is that what you're asking pirates cubs who's going to win that Ooh, um, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the cubs i'm gonna go with pirates y'all want to talk about wait for the divisional yeah, let's wait until yeah. the matchups to be yeah. Yeah. determined. Yeah. And then we'll get, get some a predictions. Little and then we'll move down, uh, further down. Into it. Okay. Y'all hold me to it. Because you know, gladly, I'll bump yeah, this move aside. On right on forward. Be close to basketball season well, at that point. You, so, you, know, you know what? You know, giving us a chance. Th- let's tell folks straight up. When's the night starts your season and you no, have. No, no, no. Tuesday, Rockets on the road in Memphis. Tomorrow? You happy First about that? Season game. It's preseason. Heck, I, I watched Lakers Utah last night on TV, man. This is bad. Preseason basketball, but it was NBA basketball. But it was man. NBA basketball. It was like so you ex- 55, 52 after three quarters. Right? It was some bad basketball. Kobe was, you know, but it was in Hawaii, though. So, you know, Lakers training. Had so, training have you ever looked at fantasy basketball? I did it one time, yes. Yes, yeah, see, well, he is the truth. He's the truth. And I was, I dominated the league. And well, asked me, my cousin asked me to stop playing. She, Doc, she kicked me out. Doc, <laughs> yeah. Doc, we used to do, we, we, we had one at one time. We had, we, we had this. 
the folks that, 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 that you're wow. doing fantasy football with, yeah. we had a baseball and a basketball league. Wow. And you know that. History. One in a year. This is how well. We are second in fantasy football last week. But yeah. But, I, but and I'm going to move on with it. We couldn't but, make our moves to get our running backs, and one of them let us down along with the wide receivers. So we'll drop down. Maybe we can go back in the hunt and get hey, some it, it all, it We have some solid ones giving us some, it, we some picks. So we'll be in the hunt. Some, some things are, are, we'll are strange. I, I, I can imagine. But one young gentleman here in the city, former basketball player. Sam Andrews Fantasy Football League, I'm speaking. I know you are, which we are well aware. But uh, I don't know. Won the league one year wow. with five forwards. He picked up, being a former player, he picked up who he needed to pick up wow. at the beginning of the drafted. And, and, and five of those forwards took him on to the championship. We, we kind of laughed. Doc, we kind of laughed. I'm sure. And, then, and this was during Moe's time to be getting it done. And he got it. He got it. And quiet as it's kept, the Sam Andrews Black Fantasy Football League, Basketball League, is one of the oldest fantasy leagues yeah. around, period. This was this is what, and this is a, a thing, you know, I learned when I was in the league that y'all, Ralph, everybody didn't do a great enough job. They didn't probably even think about it, is to record it for history purposes, yeah, you know, That's, for posterity. Right. So you could cuz you could so we could really keep track it because we really don't know who won way back who won what yeah, when that kind of stuff kind of and how old the league was and because I'm telling you it's yeah, a, you it's been around writing, a long you time, write, man. You could write some books and yeah. research on that really. Cuz I tell you the first year I was in the league, I was lost. Yeah. And my record reflected <laughs> it in a big way. I Same was here. lost. Same here. I was lost. <laughs> You, you find out. You find out what you. Truck. You find yeah. out. You these, find out what you right. really knew. Yeah. No, you find out these folks here take this seriously. Take it very seriously. Find out. Yep. It has nothing to do with you. What you know or don't know. The first year is the fact that everybody else knows what they know. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, you're famous for saying that was a you problem. Yep. Yeah. That was a me problem. <laughs> and, and and my cohort over here to the to the right, he will tell you. I made. I won one year. Made it all the way to the Super Bowl and was without a wide receiver and a running back. I had two DBs that carried me over the over the uh, over the finish line. Amazing. And it was interesting because I was at a con. I was at oh I was at a bowl. I was at a, a bowl game mm-hmm. and had gone left early. Young man called me and says, "Hey man, you won." I like one one. He said, "You won, you won." I was like, "Really?" He said, "Yes, you you own the trophy. You can come pick it up, with You can come pick it up." <laughs> That's an awesome story. And I'm gonna tell you, Doc. I think I spent a little bit more extra money that night. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the road. I was like, well, it "Sucks." Well deserved. Hey. It was a good. It was a. It was a good night. It was a good night. I was happy with my. I've won the league twice, um, and I've been happy both times. And I'm gonna tell you, folks, these two to my left and right, they'll tell you, if you don't thank you, well, let me rephrase it. If you think you know a lot about analytics, putting stats together, you hadn't. 
Yeah, you Find out what you know until you've they been call in this me league. Data doc, and I told you first, Australia is a different type of data. Yep. You got to understand, it's a different type of data and relationship. You got it, and it's just not knowing football. You got to understand the strategy of how and they're this, ruthless too. Yes, ruthless. How, yeah, they are ruthless. Well, we used to be real hey, ruthless. Then, right? Yeah, <laughs> we used to be real ruthless. Yeah, we used to be real ruthless. They mellowed since you joined. Oh, much. Yeah, and I, I, and I, I will you. admit. I tell it. But it looks like it's tilting back in that direction with okay. Willie over the thing. He's he's cutting out a lot of that. Okay, that, that's good. Starting to go with the ruthless hard. That's back good. Again. All right, let's let's talk about. Let me go ahead. Hold up. Let me just read this. Okay. And you'll know who it's referencing. Uh, how, let's see. What should I start with? Because it's going to lead into. Uh, I have so much belief that we're going to get it turned. Yeah, it does look gloomy because of what happened when you go close, close, and then blown out. But I didn't think that was our team. I think we can play be- much better and coach much better. Who said that? Bill O'Brien? Nope. You sure? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what Bill O'Brien, but yeah. strong in Texas. Correct. Okay. It's still in the state of Texas. Okay. Hey. It's he said close. that at today's press conference after Saturday's thrashing that they received at the hands right. of TCU. Yeah. But sources say that yeah. he still has support. And he, a quote from a source, Charlie has the support of the people he needs to be supported by right now. Right. And the last thing they want to do is make a change. From what I was – what was mentioned was the folks that wanted Steve Patterson out are not the same folks that want him gone. Right. They were st- – uh, those people are the ones that want him to come. Right. And – they are looking to just put the season, you know, where it is, out in front of them, and move on. Uh, they understand what you know what what's what's being done uh, and what's trying to happen, and it's a long road. But I'm gonna, just, I, as as a friend of mine said, you got to win game. Yeah, at the end of the day, there's no you, question. You, you got to win game, and you got you got to show some some effort moving forward yeah. as far as discipline. Things looking better for game to game, either on offense or defense, you know, and everything. He's only this is he's, he's only had one recruiting class. Stop right there. Stop right there. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because I'm going to lead article, into a lot of this stuff. This article says the people who hold his fate understand that he has had only one true recruiting class, that the best players on the team are freshmen, and that there is a player leadership vacuum. And there is a truth in what he speaks. Because I don't see anybody coming in and trying to win, not so much with somebody else's players, but you having to make a recruiting class step on the field with no opportunity to learn and get some things. They are adjusting to school on a on a wholesale, wholesale doc. And you, all three of us, you know, first year freshman, first semester. School by itself was just, you know, was just like overwhelming somewhat. Right, and, and I and think what happened was when you start looking at this, people look at Texas or where it was and, and they what they down. think it should be. And the eight-win season that Mac Brown had before he stepped down kind of hit some things. Because before that, people forget that what he did those two years before that, which got the original chatter going in the first place. Right. So if you look at the sum, you're talking about the fact that you have four or five years of major problems that has dealt with, uh, a lack of recruiting overall talent, and particular talent at the key positions. 
And that's what you're seeing right now is just a plain lack of talent. And it's playing out, and you just have a lot of things going on that that is almost piling on. Yeah. But the big factor that I think you see is two different schisms, if you would. Yes. You have the general outside news force that is just picking up anecdotal notes and just making um, general comments of what they make about any coach that is losing whatever. And they're not, which in a lot of ways tells you where we are in terms of the media cycle, which is sad, which you actually, both of you all talk about quite a bit in regards that nobody's really taking the time to go do the homework. I even, I have even gotten tweets uh, in terms of this conversation. I said, if you just go and do some basic Google research <laughs> on Texas Longhorn, some of their fan sites, you would get a better understanding on where he really is in terms of his life cycle in regards to that everybody hasn't just totally abandoned, abandoned ship. That's right. Essentially, he has this season. At the end of the season, they will evaluate, and they will take everything into considerations. And as you said, did he get a key win during that time? Did he get a position where he even got to a bowl game? Mm-hmm. Did he win that bowl game? And as you said, has the team progressed? Right now, yes, it looks like it's a hole in the ground. And the hole got a little deeper. And depending on what happens this weekend, it might even get a little deeper until the following week where you start rolling off and getting a chance to get some wins. That's really where you're going to start to see uh, where everything is at and will he get a chance at the end of the year to get that third year where he can really decide where you can make this statement or not. I think a judgment, if folks talk about Oklahoma this weekend, I don't think that's the game. The game to judge them will be – Okay. The Texas Tech, because the coaching, they basically they came in the same time. But their defense, Longhorn defense, got to improve. And I and, mean, and, and, you know what? It just looks. Well, I, I, I don't. I don't think it looks lost. I don't think they, there's much improvement you can do. I just don't think they have the skill set. I'll give you a perfect example okay. where people taking take take for granted just how many pieces are serious. Last night, if anybody was watching the game. And, I, and between the Dallas Cowboys and the Saints, it was a key play that happened before the big play. And it was an injury which left the linebacker empty of anybody that had any serious experience. Talking about Sean Lee's injury. Sean, no, that was early in the early, game. Okay. But right before the injury, before that, the, the other linebacker right. that actually had some experience actually got caught with some people call a pick play, which was illegal. But we won't even go there. I'm just talking about the fact that he got injured. And then you had a rookie that came on the field that literally were trying to figure out where they lined up. Drew Beast took advantage of it because he saw the confusion uh, in that, right. and he was literally lost. And it was the difference in terms of a game. Well, I'm saying that's the same thing when you're talking about this defense. These are not coaches that are not smart and haven't had successes. So they've moved the chess pieces around. But at some point, you have to look at your talent and say, is that talent base? And some people just will put out things and say, hey, they're not playing hard. No, it's not about them playing hard. They're freshmen and sophomore yeah. that just lack the ability to but, recognize certain things. But, Doc, how about this? What it, it should, isn't it up to the coaches to, to uh, realize what their young players can do and do well and maximize those opportunities and put them in position? Yeah, and I think you're right. Point. But I think, I think you'll see this when you start playing Kansas and, uh, Kansas and Iowa State, teams that unfortunately – but Texas fans, they want to hear that, are really 
on the same level in terms of the talent. You're not going to see that when you play a good team. That's okay. what makes a good team a good team. Right. They're going some to folks exploit. Will, some folks will say they were special teams' mistakes away from beating Cal. Right. They were which close. Is, which we're starting to see is actually a pretty good team. Now, I, Especially I, on the offensive side of the ball. So that Cal team is going to make many teams look pretty bad in terms of they really find a special team. Oklahoma. Uh, to but what Oklahoma should he, what should Coach Strong do with uh, cornerback Chris Boyd retreating stuff during halftime? Dude. Wow. You you know what? I'm going to say this. what I'm going to say. He cannot allow his frustrations to take over his decision on what he's going to do with the young Doc, but I'm going to say something. He because, said boys going to play Saturday against the Sooners. Uh, because that came I up also in the A&M game. Yeah. At post-game, one of the reporters mentioned that to Coach Sumlin about guy uh, tweeting at halftime. I know he was pissed. Oh, all of a sudden they said it was like a, a, like a, a, a dead air. It was a look. And it was almost like death had just walked into the room. I'm sure he was pissed. Because uh, he didn't know about it. And you, it, it came up, and it was almost like everybody like, oh, man. My Sunday, Sunday's meeting is not going to be fun. Yeah, no, that's not. That's and not, I hadn't heard anything yet, so that means they kept it in-house. The kid is lucky that he's still moving around. Cause but what would you do? What? And me as a coach, first of all, I'm going to tear my new butthole. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Probably, it, of it, course. It, probably. In the meet, in, in the, uh, in locker in, room. In, in lock, well, actually, in the coach's office. Oh, coach, okay. Uh, even if we had to Take get Take him it. out of Twitter? Uh, oh, no. Then the second thing is, everybody's electronic device goes to the equipment manager when you walk through the door on game day. Okay. That's going to be the second thing. <laughs> and then, I don't care if you just, you, you're on IR, you just sit on the sideline. So but they no longer get to able to listen to your music? You can listen to your music, but Doc, everybody, pretty much everybody I've seen, they got these wireless head, headsets. They can plug in or whatever. But not going to be a phone. Ain't going to be a phone. Phone, smartwatch, anything that can tweet. This is where it's going to be interesting, as you all know, that I have a young son now. We're going to see as he (laughs) matures, does this rationalization that I'm finna give you now stays with me as a parent. Okay, all right. When a young son is like that, things change. And you you all have have, 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 have had sons and nieces and nephews and our listeners probably understand that you're going to laugh. That's why I'm laughing now. But really, I'm gonna look at everything. I wanna, I wanna think about this, and we really won't speak about this because you're so angry about what yeah. took place. You, to me, a lot of ways, it's really gonna be based on what was his past mm-hmm. in terms of him coming into the program. Has this really been a, generally speaking, a good kid, uh, somebody that's taken coaching well, that's done everything, where you really think he lost his mind for a short period of time? Or is this somebody that's kind of giving you problems along the way? Okay. Based on those two scenarios, to me, is going to go a long way in terms of how you handle this. Uh, if he's somebody that you really believe made a tremendous mistake, an egregious mistake, uh, it's still a mistake at the end of the day. And okay. you're going to put your hands around him, show him some tough love, yeah. and move forward. If this is somebody that you feel, uh, for lack of better terms, is a proverbial knucklehead, it's going to be a little different in terms of how you deal with this situation because you're going to say you just don't get it. Yeah. And so yeah. you're going to have to handle it in that manner. And speaking of don't get it, uh, at 6 o'clock today uh, the from the Spring, Texas, 
Spring ISD major decision uh, has issued a uh, statement of how they're going to handle the spring and Westfield uh, football yeah. game that ended earlier because of a t- on-field team brawl. Uh, this is basically from school superintendent Rodney Watson and athletic director Willie Am- Amadola said the spring and Westfield head coaches will be suspended for one game, one spring player for three games, one spring and four Westfield players for two games, and three spring and two Westfield players for one game. Each player also must complete 25 hours of community service this school year. I found out by that, uh, about that incident through a tweet that stated, is this what has happened? Has, has, is this how we're going to remember this year in Texas high school football? And then the video came up. Doc, I was totally upset with what I saw because on no level should what happened in that game happen because if you got a beef solving for the two guys or whatever but for a team situation benches clearing and all the PA announcers are saying stay on the bench stay on the bench and folks are steady coming coaches from everywhere and the sad part about it is and, I, and I'm going to say this because this is where we are now with the litigation situation the guys in the stripes they can't step in not anymore we don't get covered anymore for that. That's the sad part. You can, you can probably step in with one or two guys and all that, like, you know, blow the whistles and kind of like separate them. But when it's a team situation like that, been totally step away. Yeah, and to be honest, is they need to step away for their own safety. I'm not sure what a couple of guys in the stripes can really do about that. The only question you look at is where they have fought in terms of right. them allowing the game to get too far out of control. I didn't get to see and I had the, seen, the, the I, previous part of it, so I'm yeah. not going to suggest yeah, that they did or not. This could be one of those spontaneous situations. Another egregious part of it, similar to the other incident that we talked about in San Antonio, is the culpability of the adults right. that participated in this. Um, and so, again, we have to be careful of how much do we land on the students, which obviously are responsible, but it becomes even more egregious when you have adults uh, that can't handle their framework, which allows for the students to take a fall. Then I think you have a, even a third component here uh, that starts to emanate about this is society-wise of how much are we dealing with not really communicating with our students, with women fighting each women each other, as yeah. we've seen in HID, uh, outside of sports, and mm-hmm. then the sports with our men. And, uh, and then people don't really want to hear about this state in the state of Texas in terms of some of these gun policies and things like this. Mm-hmm. But I think in a lot of ways, just just where we are as a society, we've taught our young people in a lot of ways that the way that you solve your issues when you get frustrated is that you take it on with people man on man. And that means if you need to come to fisticuffs and deal with it at this point, that's what you do. So we say one thing in regards to how we're discussed by it, uh, but in terms of how we train or operate mm-hmm. with our young people, I don't think that we're giving it a vision, and that's why you see a lot more of them acting up the way they are. So this is just a reflection of society. We hate to see it. We hate to hear it, but that's the way I see it. A conflict resolution 
is uh, with physical with physicality. Yes, that's 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 how you resolve the conflict now. That's, I that's mean, where you we see are. it. If you see it, if you think about it, you see it in the presidential race. Yeah, uh, yeah a president yeah. person that has no qualms about saying negative yeah. terminology, using racial slurs about different people. Telling folks literally when you talk about the gun issues, he said, well, I carry a gun and you're going to have a problem and he's going to show people how he's going to handle the situation. I mean, he's out fully boastful with this and then he's just out there doing it. But you have other ones that are saying small comments here and there uh, with different frames like that. And we have this this thing with people. I mean, you have um, Carson, Ben Carson, mm-hmm. talking about that Muslims shouldn't be in the White House and Double down on it and, and repeat it in different things. Mm-hmm. That that the White House is privileged to a certain way that only people of a certain religious background can be in the White House, which is crazy when you think about it. True. I mean, are you, do you know policies? Are you able to deal with that? Not saying that you're going to vote for somebody in that, but the f- fact that you can even come out of that and say that, I mean, what do you think young people are going to the, deal with issues the, when you see The it? fact he said it and got... No pushback. No pushback, but got more money Support. raised yes. for saying it. Says a lot about where we are as well. Wildcat, we have a poster, a commenter on our Facebook page wanted to remind you that uh, the Longhorns will have to go five and two to get your projected uh, prediction of wins to be bowl eligible. It's not impossible. Two losses, Oklahoma and uh, Baylor. Yeah. Yep, you sticking with it Un- until until it happens. Yeah. Kansas State, Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult. That, Texas Tech and Texas Virginia, Tech and West Virginia are very tough, but they're not uh, like actually not three games. games. Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Kansas State will be difficult games. Yes, they'll be difficult games. But you say they're gonna win all three of them. They they capable of winning them. Ha- yeah. Well, they have to to get your prediction to be correct. Right. Yeah. That's, that could happen. That could happen. That could happen. And that's they, not throwing she, in the upset. And, and, that, and that's the other thing I'm waiting it's, it's, Okay. They, they had, you heard it. You heard it. Yeah. Commenter. Yeah. I look forward to your retort <laughs> on the KG Fifth Ward Wildcat <laughs> yeah. and Doc Facebook page. I, I, until, until. Because he's a new a new listener and he, so, he's appreciative of oh, our okay. podcast. All right, right. We do what we can. But, yeah, but until, you know, one of those three teams, one of those three teams beat them. You know, it's 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 hope it's hope town. On a happier note, college basketball is getting ready to get the started. The Houston Cougars have an offensive player of the week in quarterback Greg Ward Jr. in the American Athletic Conference. Ward finished with 455 yards of total offense, rushed for three touchdowns, led my Cougars to a 38-24 road win at Tulsa in the conference opener for the Cougs. Uh, Greg Ward rushed for a school record. 182 yards for a quarterback on 20 carries. He also threw for 273 yards and completed 22 of 38 passes. Cougs next game, the 4-0 Cougs next game is this Thursday, home game on TV versus SMU. Students, alumni, Thursday night, are encouraged to get there. Thursday night. Be in the stadium. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend. Why not? I have a meeting at oh, okay. church. And important. Nothing. Trumps, important. Nothing. Nothing trumps that. Hey, I understand <laughs> that. I understand that. I understand that. 
I understand that. Now, you want to talk about what happened to the Rice Owls? Yeah. West Kentucky? Y- yes. You tell me because I was shocked when I saw the score. Two things. One, six-year senior quarterback. Um, and their three uh, postgame offensive and defensive, the things that they talk about on a weekly basis, day-to-day basis, that they look to take care of game in and game out. Three on offense, three on defense. That didn't happen. It all fell apart. Um, first of all, Dreyfus had a bad day. You started the quarterback position. Dreyfus had a bad day. Uh, couldn't get things going. Um, it made it made a change. Uh, Starling, uh, Sterling came in, uh, and things looked like they were going to get better, but they just didn't. And then it kind of like snowball effect. And they lost forty nine to ten. And the next thing anybody knows, you know, you that you that your game is getting away from you, and now you got to press. And coach mentioned that today, uh, that uh, you know, after, after sitting down and, and talking to uh, everybody that he needed to talk to, and the, the leaders of the squ- uh, of the team, that quit pressing. You know, when you get in situations, remember what got you there. Remember how you got there and just stay together. You know, don't be overwhelmed by what you see in front of you. Just move to the next play. Don't think about it. Don't grasp about it. And then the, other, the coach mentioned something that I hadn't paid any attention to, and that's on me. They had eight penalties for the game. They have more penalties this year than they've had in the conference average over the last two seasons. That's just something that they just don't do, you know, night the game in and game out, just overwhelmingly make mistakes late in a game. Will they still reach a bowl game, be bowl eligible? Yeah, because it's too easy to not. And the conference is not that that difficult for them to, to get there. Well, let's see here. You like to go down we team go. schedules. He like to get. He loves and, doing uh, that. You like to pull the schedule. Out. He like to go down team schedules. All right, and throw let's our go. Stuff you do with the Longhorns. So let's talk about somebody in H Town. All right, they're one and one in conference. Okay, they got uh, this was it Saturday, the tenth at Florida Atlantic, and that program should not be where it's at right now. And that's a win for Rice. Yes, versus Army. Yes. Home for La Tech on the 30th. That's a difficult that's a game. Friday. Uh, that's a difficult game, but yes, they could, they could, they could win that. At, at UTEP? Yes. Southern Miss? I guess I should add up the wins here. Hey, is it? Is Because it, that should be five or six by that time. Florida Atlantic has two and one in conference, three and three overall. Army, four and three overall. La Tech, you said it's a win, right? Yeah. La Tech, five and three. UTEP, six and three. So that's bowl eligible right there. Yeah. So they miss? They go play here or there? Here. Yeah. 7-3 and three at UTSA. Probably a loss. That, that could happen. That could happen. They, they, home they, for Charlotte to wrap up the season. Man, that's a big question mark. That, because, oh, yeah, they got the quarterback back. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that could, they home for Charlotte? Yes. Senior day... A lot of stuff going on. You hope everybody's focused, but no, that they could lose that because that's a that, that's a uh, uh, an old quarterback also. 
So you got them seven and five or eight and four. Right. So still bowl eligible. Yes. Now I'm gonna ask you because this came up in a conversation this this, this weekend. I mean that, that real conversation. Uh, will the Cougars get a uh, get bowl eligible for a late, uh, for a New Year's Day bowl? That that is in it's uh been projected by ESPN. Bring the schedule up. Bring the schedule up. Uh, but yeah, it's been projected for a while. Well, I say a while, last two weeks. So let's because um, the Tulane game, I was told the Tulane game. You and I were were, were told that things could happen. They could. They could okay, well, them. SMU's home game this Thursday. That's a win. They're five and zero. Oh. Then they go to Tulane on the sixteenth. That's a difficult game for what we were told. Sure. It's a win though. Okay. At UCF, struggling UCF. Oh. Should be a win. The way UCF is playing right now should be a win. Oh, yeah, because too much is going on. And, and Chris and I will get into that That uh, after that, coming up to that game. They've got some issues and all. they got to work out. Home versus Vanderbilt. Yeah. Home versus Cincinnati. That would be a fun game right there. they got two tough games back-to-back. Right, yeah. Cincinnati and then Memphis. Both of them are at home. Uh, the Memphis game, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you because that's the only other. That's, that'll be – That'll determine New Year's Day Bowl right there. For for both of them? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Because then they're at UConn. Home for Navy, that'll be tough as well. Oh, yeah. the style. Yeah. And then, assuming they win their division and play for the, the American Championship on December 5th. December 5th, the day that the Big 12 does not have a game scheduled because they don't have a conference championship. And they don't have teams in all the matchup. Am I right? Wrong? Or indifferent? Next point. In, in Baylor and TCU, best two teams in the Big 12, right? Yes. And right now, but the, much, but the rest of the conference is what? Crap. They're floating. The rest o- of the conference is floating. Got- Oklahoma has yet to show yes. that, that, that the Tennessee game was, think, well, was a statement game. In terms of schedule. Was a statement game. That, that for Tennessee those game. two teams, Baylor and, and TCU, who else besides the, each other helps them strengthen the schedule in conference? Nobody. Oklahoma. You think so? Yeah, because of the win over Tennessee. That's the, but that's it. That's their last right. best shot. Bring up in fact, what? I would argue that Oklahoma has probably played a tougher schedule right now. I think the numbers for TCU and Baylor that they put up on these also-ran teams has impressed most people, but it'll be interesting. But you see where I'm going. Straight the schedule. Right. Baylor, especially Baylor's not. not it, oh, it's, it's, it's they awful. don't have a strength you know. schedule. They have a weakness. All right, here we go. Oklahoma. Okay. First game was against Akron. They at Tennessee. They won that overtime. Uh, Tulsa. They struggled more with Tulsa than the U of H did, really. Um, nice road win. Nice win over West Virginia. This Saturday versus Texas. Then Kansas State. Texas Tech. Kansas. Iowa State. And then they wrap up the season with the best three teams in the conference. Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State. Yeah, they made the run. So, yeah, Oklahoma's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. The question is, are they going to make the run? I, I think at this point, though, if you really look at strength of schedule, you'd have to give a nod to Oklahoma. The problem is is they haven't been that impressive, impressive, I should say, against teams that are not highly rated. That's what throws you off yeah. about Oklahoma. And so until they play somebody, um, you're going to have those question marks. But I think you're, uh, you're it's dangerous if you count them out. Doc, are you saying you're not impressed with TCU's road win over Minnesota? 
That, 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 that's not good. as much as I'm impressed with uh, Oklahoma's win over Tennessee, although Tennessee has fallen flat. But I still think Tennessee is a, a better team than Minnesota. All right. Who are you, Doc? What do you do for us? I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, uh, professor of sport management, associate professor of sports management here at Texas Southern University. And I developed the top 10 HBCU football poll that is released every Tuesday from 6 to 7 on Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Ryan McGinty, and Charles Bishop. You can catch it live from 6 to 7 on KCOHradio.com. That's on the dial at 12.30 a.m. Again, if you want to listen to it through your internet, you can do www.kswitchradio.com. But for some reason, if you're not able to catch it live, you can also go and catch it as a podcast on SoundCloud at Dr.ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab at any time of your convenience. Okay. You want to talk about uh, TSU? Yeah, I was going to get we'll into talk the about, HBCU uh, uh, report yeah. and look at some games. Prayer View of Texas Southern. Faith. Yeah, we'll get into that because I think that'll <laughs> give us into a sidebar, a different yes. conversation that uh, our listeners probably should be really interested in in terms of some of these yeah. teams that are coming out of nowhere. You had these high school degree factories. Now you might get some even college type. Brother want to make some money. Uh, factories and definitely have some creative individuals trying to make some money. And they have brothers want to be, make some money. Happen to be brothers. But let's get into this HBCU report. Texas Southern. Versus Alabama State was the ESPNU broadcast game Thursday night. First thing, get out the way. Um, Texas Southern tried to do a marketing plan, promotional plan, where they invited HISD mm-hmm. and, for that matter, the sur- surrounding independent school districts, as well as the public service nights, which included police officers, firefighters, and county and city officials as well. Um, some of them came out. And got to see a pretty entertaining game, particularly early. They kind of went back and forth, but they didn't quite have the numbers they want. So it tells you indicative a lot of things that Texas Southern has to do to really refurbish their brand within the community to get people back out to the game. Um, Going back and forth, tie game, then it went up uh, with a field goal and it kind of went uh, 24-17. And it looked like... uh, Texas Southern was in good shape as they were matching the scores, mm-hmm. slinging shots back and forth. But then the third quarter hit uh, where you got their last score, got Griffin in the game. He got hurt, and it seems like when he got hurt, after catching those four or five passes, including a touchdown in the third quarter, that so went Texas Southern Tigers. Although they had a breakout game by a freshman running back that put over 130 yards against Alabama State that had a nice showing. But Alabama State... Went away with the game, 41-24. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes it really tough on Texas Southern in regards to what they're doing in the race. And this is difficult for Asbury in terms of in a coaching contract year for him. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes as they continue to push forward and try to still find a way to get in this SWAC championship race as you go forward. With that, another part that you want to look at, big game, uh, some key matchups that you have out here that a lot of people in this area may be interested in is that Grambling State-Jackson State game. Grambling State continues to score, and it seems like they score at will. They put up a 59, a 50 spot, 59 points to be exact, to Jackson State 27. Uh, Jackson State is having uh, fans that are really starting to question what's going on with Harold Jackson there. So it'll be interesting to keep your eye on that matchup and what's going on. 
One that kind of gives you uh, a frown on your face is number one Coastal Carolina show why they're number one at the FCS level. They beat up on HBCU program Alabama A&M 55-0. This is the same Alabama A&M that scored 50-plus points against Prairie View, but it looks like everybody scores 50-plus points against Prairie View when you look with Grant. Not everybody. Did stay fair. <laughs> Classic. As we get to in a second, not everybody. Yes. Well, at least we'll say several SWAC teams. But you're right. It'd be interesting because Texas Southern couldn't do it. And as you allude to, is faith. The College of Faith. No, University of University, University of, of Faith. faith yeah. Partners of Distant School of College of Faith, I should say. Let me get that. Make sure I get that statement yeah. correct. A lot of people are looking for the statistics of that Prairie View game. I do have them in terms of what they put on the site. But you can't go to ESPN and get the stats, right. and you can't get to it in a different way because the uh, NCA sent out a memo early this summer, if you would, that said that if you're not a institution that awards a degree um, or if you have some of these other problems, that uh, that your games will not count in statistics. So essentially – Prairie View played a scrimmage game, and they treated it that way, beating them 42-0. to zero. But it does count as a win. No, not not in the win in terms of statistic category. Right. It doesn't count on that way. If some of them... HBU says it does. Yeah. HBU especially says yeah. it does. Well, there, there are some... And HBU played the College of Faith, right? Right. Yes. Right. And there's some <laughs> back and forth in regards to what 65 nothing. But I think the way they measure College of Faith is they say College of Faith actually awards a degree. While okay. the satellite University school, of Faith. the University of Faith does not award a degree, and it's a biblical degree. So the way that you can do that is if you can show that you have biblical classes or titles in your degree, you can essentially apply for the degree uh, through the federal government, and uh, they'll allow you to award the degree. Doc, I'm so, so glad you are here today because I couldn't have explained that any way how I'm going to tell you. So but you literally can just say that you're going to offer a class, such as the class he said, that uh, you're studying faith in athletics or faith of sports. And you award the credit, and if it accumulates to the degree of woman, you award the degree. Now, I guess you could go open up a church, but I'm not sure what other job you can get besides that. With that type of degree, in a lot of ways, it gives us a lot of pause in terms of what we're doing around here, uh, in terms of our churches. But that's a whole different discussion because we're focused on sports. But with that, there are actually what's intriguing. And I bring this up with HBCU programs. There are quite a few HBCU programs that have played. Those there's some non ones as well. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you had Edward Waters scheduling yeah. them early in the season. Mississippi Valley scheduled them earlier this year. We talked about the fact that Texas Southern is going to play the sister school uh, in a couple of a couple of weeks. So uh, it's intriguing to see how so many people got uh, and duped. And one thing I will add to this: Why you, why you say duped, Doc? Why you say duped? They're a legitimate kind of sort of program, kind of sort of. NCA says no. So if the NCA says no, although I have my problems with the NCA, I'm gonna go with them on this. But I tell you one thing: they did do right. Is whoever written wrote the contract, uh-huh. knows what they're doing in terms of writing the contract. Because some of these schools I know tried to get out of these contracts, and they threatened them because they were going to place them with teams that had, like, open weekends that were legitimate teams uh-huh. that they get on there. And uh, they said, send us our 
money or we're not getting off the schedule. And in fact, the buyout was more than the money that they would pay him to play the well, game. This ain't, a bro- this ain't brothers trying to make some money. This is brothers that, that, that understand money. And that's different. Well, that's the, the doc. And trust me, I, I know the difference between the two of that. Yeah. yeah. So they were pretty good. But um, there's a report that you might want to tell people in terms of the offer that they really want to get into trying to understand huh? what we're talking about. They can go to the, uh, I think it was Tampa. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Tribune. Yeah. Uh, last year, November of last year, an article about it. It's a sad article. <laughs> and I will post that on my blogger. It's an eye-opening article. It was sad because of what they were saying there, but it's actually eye-opening and, and informative yeah. in a lot of ways. I will post that on my blog. Uh, folk, University I, of Faith, Glory Eagles, and the College of Faith Warriors. <laughs> once uh, The uh, College of Faith is located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And the University of Faith is located in St. Petersburg, Florida. Absolutely. With that, let me give you the top five of the mid-majors. Please do. Let's get back to some real sports. Something that, something that counts. Yes. <laughs> people people that's, that, that's out there that's beating up the, that, that beating the bushes are now for recruits. Absolutely. Number five of the mid-major poll, Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions, 3-2, and 1-1. One and one. They had a big victory as they continue to play some uh, big ball this year in regards to what's going on. They did take a little lump this weekend as they were defeated by Fayetteville State in CIAA action 49-17. to Moving to number four, you have Elizabeth City State as they continue to roll and surprise a lot of people on the season. They're 3-1, and 1-1 in the conference race, getting a big victory, 41-6 to over Livingstone that is falling on their face. This is another team that had played one of those uh, faith schools and fooled a lot of us that they were playing some good football, but then they dropped down as they literally dropped out of the poll this week. Now they're at 1-2 and two and 0-2 oh and on the season. Moving on to number three, the Bowie State Bulldogs, 4-1, and 2-0 and oh in the conference race, continues to play some very good football as they are moving forward and getting things done. They defeated Johnson C. Smith 34-21. to At number two, Virginia Union Panthers, 4-1, 2-0 in the CIAA. This is a team I told everybody to keep their eyes on. They're playing football, and they're making me look like I know what I'm talking about. And you so do. we will see as the season progresses. Virginia Union beat up on Shaw 22-13. Very solid contest, but they did get it done as they were on the road, so that's always a solid win. At number one, Tuskegee, with 11 first-place votes, continues to get it done as they move forward 4-1, 2-0 on the season. Um, as they do it, but they did have their first loss as they lost to UNC Pembroke, a non-conference contest, 29-17. game kind of went back and forth, but Pembroke pulled away early in the season. This is Pembroke's third win over HBCU as they have two wins over the CIAA, and the CIAA has dominated SIAC except for the win. Tuskegee had a once-a-Salem state, so this is one of those watch-and-see games as Tuskegee is trying to make a move in terms of the playoffs and where they want to be seated. They could not make a statement, so we'll con- continue to keep an eye on and see how that affects them when the playoff seeding comes out, if they're able to win the SIC conference, as I think they will be. Let's move on to the big boys of what we refer to as the major division. We'll have some teams that didn't play this week, but it allowed them to slide back and forth just for Prosperity, I'll look at number six, the Southern Jaguars, as they have a big game coming up this week. They play 
Alabama State, which is one of my HBCU games to watch, particularly out of the SWAC. At number five, though, as we look into the polls, Grambling State Tigers 3-2, and 3-0. and Gave you a little hint of this as they put up 59 points, defeating Jackson State 59-27. And that game was on the road. That was in Jackson, Mississippi. And they had a great crowd there that uh, didn't take too kindly the way the Tigers took care of the Blue Tigers of Jackson State. At number three, Tennessee State Tigers 3-1, and 0-1. They were off this weekend. They'll get back into actions against UT Martin, another game of the week to watch in terms of an independent uh, non-conference game. It is a conference game for Tennessee State, I should say. They're playing in the OVC, but I do call it an independent game to watch. At number three, Bethune-Cookman Wildcat, 4-1, 2-0. This is one of my featured matchups. I told you to keep your eye on, and they did not let me down. Some people will have some questions and what took place there. Boy, you talking about a rough and rugged game. Bethune-Cookman scored first, jumping up 7 to nothing. North Carolina Central fought back 7-6. to six. Then they run the gamut with a lot of points, looking like they put away the game 26-7, to seven, as I said, early in the third quarter as they started to let Bethune-Cookman back in the game. Bethune-Cookman ran off three touchdowns, went up 28-26, to 26, and it looked like they were really putting the game on kibosh, putting the game away as they were inside the 10 and a fumble just in time for the Eagles, you say. Well, Eagles said yes. They move all the way down the field, get in not only field goal position, but literally on the goal line in a position to score. They run a play as they start to try to run the clock out, get to a position where they're really getting uh, questionable in terms of how much time they're letting off the clock. This game is on television, but it's under just seconds left in the game. They look like they score. Timeout is called. Don't know what happened. Did they get the review? This is going back and forth. You have the announcers <laughs> saying, old Skywalker, <laughs> Jay as he would, Howard, quarterback there for the Bison, saying, I think he got in. I think he got in. Are they going to review it? Why won't they review it? They won't review it. No. They set up for a field goal. No problem. They win with a field goal one point. Not so fast, my friend. It is blocked. So this week, it'll be interesting on the MEAC teleconference tomorrow as I will be listening in to see how they explain what took place. Because they even have a picture of the offensive lineman looking at the scoreboard that shows a replay of the play that just took place. And one of them over there is putting his hands up saying it's a touchdown. Well, the key figures in the game, the umpires, did not think so. So the long story short is the fact that Bethune-Cookman got the win, 28-26, a big-time win, no matter how you look at it, 4-1, 2-0 in the MEAC race, and North Carolina Central falls to 1-2 and 0-1 and in the race to see where they are, see if they can come back off a desperate loss, one that they looked like they were running away with. That brings us to number two, North Carolina A&T Aggies, 3-1, 1-0. They did not play this week. They have a big game next week as they continue to make a statement to see what they are going on. And I take that back. North Carolina A&T did have a game this weekend, and they ran rough shots uh, over uh, their competitors. They just beat down on the team going forward as they're looking really solid as, as they continue to play some good football. At number one, Alcorn State Braves, seven first-place votes, 4-1, 3-0. Gibbs just was masterful as he – only put up 100 yards passing, but he Back rushed with anybody three, three touchdowns. He's playing some very good football. He got my Big Ben Cavill Watch List Award again, second time this season, as he's in the hunt for the Big Ben L. Cavill HBCU Football Award that will be 
uh, announced on Wednesday, December the 2nd. Where will it be announced? Uh, right here in Houston, Texas at the Crown Plaza. You can get tickets at THD-Agency.com. Again, that's the Ben L. Calva HBCU Football Award, the inaugural football award this season. That's named after Ben Cavill. You know the name is pronounced different, but spelled the same way, C-A-V-I-L. I say Cavill. Difference of how family pronunciation. Played football at Wiley College in 1925. Was an All-American, 27 and 28. 1927, second team, first team in 1928. That was by the Pittsburgh Courier at that time, African-American newspaper that was all across the country. So a lot of accolades and thought it was time to reward him. Won uh, four championships of five years that they played at that time. Actually made a rule his final season where they changed it where the sweat went to only four years of participation. And a lot of people say they call it the Ben L. Calvo rule. At that time, history has surpassed and they no longer use it. So that's something <laughs> Doc, I want to say Foot something, but I'm going to let that go. <laughs> I'm going to let that go. Uh, I'm going to let that go. But uh, you know what? That's a good footnote, though. Because, when, uh, folks, I'm going to tell you, when you can change a rule, you did something. <laughs> you he did dominated something. the league there so much that you they really something. were upset that he played that fifth year. There was nothing on the books before that coming out. So at the end of the season, although you had some schools that complained about it, they were saying, no, because we didn't have a rule, he was legally eligible to play. So we played, won a championship that last year, actually won a co-championship um, in 1927 as well. So, And wow, they changed the rule and said, all right. They awarded Wiley College the championship that year, but moving forward after that in 1930, you went to just four years of eligibility, as we know today. That's a Have little mercy. hidden fact, HBCU fact I'll give you right there in terms of the Ben L. Cavill Senior HBCU Football Award. Again, that's Wednesday, December 2nd. Will the Texans win Thursday over the Colts? <laughs> will the defense become a defense again? No. Short um, well, they might be able to look like a defense against the Colts. The Colts short, are struggling. Short week. Will Luck come back? I'm not sure if they're going to let Luck play, play in a short week. Short week? I don't think so. They just – Got to win, and many people say uh, yeah. stole the win, if you would, against Jacksonville. And and that is the sad part about this. <laughs> Literally. So it'll be interesting. I still think the defense will struggle, but they'll look decent against the Colts. Colts are not really doing much. Uh, and they the might Colts' even offensive get the line is, is trash, oh. and that's a, that's a you problem. Yeah. Your, your line has been trash for two, three years now. That's, that's your fault. And you need to correct that. You, you need to correct your, that quickly. You got your franchise quarterback. You can't, you can't protect him. Right. And that, folks, that'll, get you, that, that'll take you the number one quarterback out very quickly. All they have to do is look down uh, up the state, as we were saying from here, is in Dallas. Well, that's true. When they didn't have a line, and some people say the injuries that you've seen, <laughs> quarterback yeah. Romo getting now, a lot of it has to do with all the hits that he's yeah. accumulated over time before they actually got a line. And so if they're not careful, you're going to run luck rugged and take out the best years of a quarterback that could be a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback. That's true. Because you couldn't find a line to block for him. And that's a sad thing, especially on the pro level when you've got money and all to pay people. Doc, touch on real quick uh, the NCAA ruling. Definitely. This was an intriguing ruling. We actually talked about this in the sports law class. Actually brought in a co-professor that is a – lawyer that really looked at this and I gleaned quite a bit from the conversation we had in there outside of just what I read and really this opinion um, 
a lot of ways gives justification to NCA to continue to do the things they've done, but it's not over by any means. And that's why a lot of people that's read this were saying, I weren't, wasn't sure what took place. Even when I read it the first time, I had to re-read it just because it was all over the place. And actually, you've seen this, while they essentially said, um, Judge J. Beebe, I think is his name, offered support for the NCAA's amateur principles. And essentially, they said that um, if they didn't rule in this direction, that they would change the framework of how NCA, which is similar to what they said in regards to Northwestern. So it's interesting that you have judges that are ruling not necessarily based on where they think the principle of the law is, but how it will change uh, society. So it'll be interesting if they decide to move it to the Supreme Court. And there is some room for that because there was a dissenting uh, vote, although that it did not change the framework of that. And that was Chief Judge Sidney Thomas who was a dissenting vote, uh, chief judge, intriguing, that made the dissenting to tell you about how strong that was, where he disagreed with the majority's conclusion that Wilkins erred in ordering the NCAA to permit up to 5,000 in deferred payments for use of athletes' name, images, and likeness, NLIs, which was a large part of this um, argument here. And this is where people think it may go up to the Supreme, Supreme Court to get a final decision on it. But the NCA is not totally out of the water although they are not on the record of having to pay athletes, which they're really excited about. They did make a statement and openly said that the NCA violates antitrust law, which allows for a lot more litigation to take place. And that's why I said that a lot of this was partialed out and really all over the place that confused a lot of people um, that even experts in the law that were having some concerns of what's going on. But the panel disagreed with the NCA on border regents, which goes back to the 1984 NCA border regents Supreme Court ruling, which was a seminal case that they like to trump out every chance they get in trying to argue the rules of NCA amateurism rules. And they said that this should be challenged, that the NCA's appeal relied heavily on a 1984 Supreme Court ruling that the NCA believes protects amateurism in college sports. Will the appellate court disagree with the NCA's opinion of the 1984 case, which ended the NCA's monopoly on television broadcasts and had little to do with paying players? And they said that's why they didn't take that as a legitimate argument. This was about television rules and rights. And if you want to read the whole entire thing, if you hadn't had a chance yet, um, and you have some further questions where I can really get in to answer particular questions, because I don't want to tie up a great amount of time. I just want to give you a framework. A pretty good article to read is CBS Sports, done by John Solomon. Does a really good job in terms of how he covers the guidelines and rule business sure side yep. of it. So a lot of credit to him. Need he to follow had an him, article folks. was court shuts down plans to pay athletes, says NCA violates antitrust law, and I would agree with you if you're on Twitter. Um, this is uh, John Solomon is a great person to follow, particularly if you're interested in the business side particularly even more so at the collegiate level. He does a great job of covering these laws. And as I would say, uh, he has his work cut out for him, and he should make a pretty good career of it because this is not going anywhere, people, that this will continue to be litigated. There are some precedents that the decision made uh, moving forward in a couple of other cases that are out here. So keep your eyes on this moving forward. Uh, this is a big deal uh, in regards to the plaintiff's and going against the NCA about various degrees moving forward. I want to wrap this up, Doc, with this. 
NBA and watchmaker, is it Tissot? Tissot? T-I-S-S-O-T. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It must be French or Swiss. Announced a multi-year partnership today. A comprehensive multi-year partnership was announced. Um, As part of the deal, Tissot will get branding on clocks inside the arena. Most prominently, the shot clocks above the baskets. They advertise it? Okay, hold on. I'm going to read you the info from uh, Dan, Dan Ravel, okay. our business colleague. Said the NBA, Emilio Collins, the NBA's executive VP of Global Marketing Partnerships, said the league was shopping around to find its official timekeeper as it was clear that more updated technology was needed to develop a more efficient system. The starting and stopping of the clock is currently kept by the officials through a button on their hip and backed up by a timekeeper at the scores table. The clock does automatically stop when a whistle is blown. But this new deal will work with the league's television partners to synchronize the clocks in the arenas and the clock being shown on TV. The league will also be adding a new element to the clocks this season as a new 90-second countdown clock will be used between the announcement of starting lineups and the opening tip, as well as other points in the game when the clock is stopped. Uh, they hope to build intricate timing systems, the most intricate timing systems in sports history. The brand will benefit from being part of the Swatch Group, which has a history of being at the forefront of sports timekeeping. Its Omega brand started keeping time at the Olympics in 1932, while its Longines brand has a heavy presence in skiing and gymnastics and at the French Open. While the marketing part of the deal, which includes a relationship with all 30 teams, We'll start with the first preseason, preseason games. The new timing system will be unveiled for the 2016-2017 season. This deal gives us a chance to touch a lot of people. We hope it gives them confidence to buy a beautiful Swiss watch that's connected to sports. End quote. Okay. Great. All Great right. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I like and that. Then, and Omega just wasn't good enough. Longine just wasn't good enough. The NBA, baby. Hey. Global brand. Because <laughs> because those are the two that I when you when and that, and that tells you just how you know with with sports especially in track and field and swimming and diving, Longine and o, uh, and Omega have been the two clocks that have that have stood out stood the test that, of time. That stood the test of time from from the from the time they started televising the games in color. Um, that those were the two, were the two that they that I've seen them use, you know, and that's manually. What they've used, seen them, they've been on the wall and all this yeah. stuff, and yeah. and when they go to the electronic, especially when you look outside of just the pure marketing, when you look at some of the tennis, right? You obviously see Rolex connected to it, but that's more just selling the brand right. associated with but as far the as higher end market, event, but actually utilizing yeah. event time, the time piece yeah. connected to the sport. It's, I agree totally with you. Um, it just lets you know the connectedness uh, yeah. in terms of being able to align your product. Uh, it's very nice when you can do it when you're a part mm, of the right. brand and not just, as we said, the Rolex, where you're trying to partner. partner right. uh, it goes a long way. Intriguing when we talk about some of these partnerships is one that our listeners might want to touch on, which is really just coming out in regard as the fantasy football connection and some of the concerns that's coming out late. You want to talk briefly about that, Chris? Well, yeah, before we, began really our, hot and heavy. before we began the podcast, news broke that a major scandal is erupting in the industry of fantasy sports, online and regulated, unregulated, that's the key, unregulated, 
On Monday, FanDuel and DraftKings, the two major fantasy companies, were forced to release statements defending their business's integrity after what amounted to allegations of insider trading that employees were placing bets using information not available to the public. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, particularly when you look at their their NFL has been tied to both these brands, uh, putting a lot of money on it, and not in terms of just sponsorships, but you had some key owners that had stock in at least one of in, these in game commercials on a regular basis. So it'll be interesting to see massive commercials by both. How much of in game commercials on regular basis? Industry analysts said the episode could leave the leagues open to further criticism that they are too loosely regulated. Yeah, I think that would be without a question. And the way that they were able to get about it, and a lot of people question this in front up front, how is this not betting? And they were able to say that this was gaming in a lot of ways, so they got away from being able to be regulated because it wasn't gambling, and now we're starting to see that there needs to be a great deal of regulation. So um, you'll probably see the lawmakers, legislators getting involved pretty quickly here, especially as they start to investigate if there was any type of insider trading. Well, okay, how can folks find you? You can find me online, a blogger, uh, YouTube, at AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., JL Woodley 1, SoundCloud, is also AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. Doc? Yes, Dr. Kimiata Caville, the sports professor, a.k.a. the data doctor. With that, you can find me on the social media platforms as well. Instagram, Twitter, TweetDeck, now I should say that as well. As well as Facebook um, at Dr. Kenyatta Caville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. If you want a lot of information about uh, the sporting businesses, I do a lot of retweeting of that whenever I see information out there and I tweet it in the first place to give you some just news. If you definitely want to keep up with your HBC sports, I'm the man to follow in regards to those platforms to give you all the information you need. You can also listen to a show dedicated to the HBCU sports platform. That's every Tuesday from 6 to 7. Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Ryan McGinty, Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. Again, it's every Tuesday from 6 to 7 Central Standard Time. You can go to www.kshradio.com if you're not listening on the dial at 12.30 a.m. If you're not able to get it live, you can find it on the podcast at Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Again, Ryan McGinty, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. That is SoundCloud, Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. You can check out on uh, my blog for the Women's Hoops blog at HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Interview the Wildcat and I did with Coach Ronald Huey from Sunday's uh, opening practice, official first day of practice for women's basketball in NTA. The Cougs have their community, community day. I was surprised to hear that uh, things are looking upward for recruiting. Yeah. We can't but, announce anything just yet. But I tell you what, But folks, the doors are opening. And that's one of the things. Go to the, go to my YouTube they, channel for this Houston. This crew ain't scared. 
Yes. This crew, this recruiting crew ain't scared. I'm going to say that. This, I was impressed. This team, this year's squad, it was better, it's better than last year's squad for sure. You, you Coach Huey has big things planned for the program. So just keep listening to our podcast, watching the YouTube channel, Wildcast blog, and my blog as well, because you're going to be surprised at some of the things that he has in store for the program in the next few years. And as a, Trust and believe that. And as a witness to my right here, I did tell him point blank. I want to see none of them short guards out there on the floor. <laughs> yes, I, that is true. Yeah, I want to. See, if you got a guard, point guard coming in, and it's short, better be a little Bobby from Tennessee. So we'll yes, see how it all plays. Before up. you close yep. out, I do want to make sure that we say that you can get the polls, the entire top ten polls as they're released on the show. Right. You can listen there if you want your own copy. You can send me an email directly at kcaville at thg-agency.com. And I can send you your own copy. You can also go to Onidon, O-N-N-I-D-A-N.com, as well as HBCUsports.com to get your updates on Dr. Ville's top 10 poll rankings. But more importantly, go to Chris's site, the Houston Round Ball Review, when you want to get the basketball poll, both men's and women's, and yes, dedicated to that site in terms of Looking forward to it. One last thing, Doc, women's soccer program, uh, the Took it on the chin on Sunday. Um, they lost three. To three one, three one. No, they lost to uh, uh, Valley. What did Valley do to Prairie View? I saw no, no, no. Uh, they they beat Valley beat Prairie View six one on okay. Friday. Uh, on Sunday, they came to Durley State and they uh, uh, beat. So the they got the, the Texas two-step because yeah. I saw where Prairie View beat up on Alcorn pretty bad, well, 10 oh, yeah. zero. Yeah. And so yeah. Texas Southern beat Alcorn as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, now the other kicker is now the latest takeoff on a plane. They fly to uh, Howard. Howard this weekend, and as Coach mentioned, and Doc knows for a lot better than I do about the Howard program. They. Kind of like rolling to the conference last year and kind of like steamrolled everybody. Yeah, but they got upset early. But yeah. They're back they're just, rolling now. Yeah. They got upset early one to Neil against Alabama State, right. the Lady Hornets over there in Montgomery. Right. It's my understanding that they actually paid for um, uh, Texas Southern to take that trip up there in regards to that. So it would be interesting. And, and everybody's and excited about it. good going up there because again. Because uh, quite a few of the girls have never been on uh, – have never flew before – and been out of the, been to the, the D.C. area. So, so they, it's, it's going to be uh, uh, close to Well, we can't in a podcast with some women's soccer. Yes, we can. No, we can't. We Why won't, not? We won't do that. Why not? You're going to toss in some women's soccer. We might as well toss in the game two of the WNBA finals between the Minnesota Lynx and Indiana Fever takes place Tuesday as well. Fever shocked the world, WNBA world, winning on the road, game one, Minnesota. Yeah. You know, so game big two, time. big Minnesota needs to win because next three, to have it or game three or four will be in Indiana. Indiana. It's a best of five series, so Lynx need to bounce back. My more need some help, so we'll see how it all plays out. And that's my WNBA comment for uh, this podcast. Probably the first no, one I've done no, in months. No, you, no if you go, go so down the road. Retort, you give me a team here in Houston, I'll talk about them more often. Uh, no, uh, and, I, and trust me, I meant what I said. Team USA, Britain and I. Is, is this the extension of... Uh, oh, yeah, she got suspended for her, her activity with, okay. with right. uh, Gloria Johnson. Yes. All right, mm-hmm. okay. All right. So, yeah, she go, had takes a little time off. And Gino Oriema being Gino, last week in a podcast <laughs> on ESPN, <laughs> Grantland, and you know I was, you know I was waiting on that. that uh, UConn fans are stupid 
for being bored with the scores and things of that sort. But some of us, you need to go to Grant Land and listen to the entire interview. Doc. It's about an hour, about 75 minutes long. But, yeah. but one of the things he said, point blank, women, women do not support women's sports. You for cry, the wrong reason. You cry about the lack of coverage. For the wrong reason. you don't cover the sport. You don't, follow, you don't support the sport. That's, oh. that's a you problem. We've said that for years. Yeah. 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 Wow. Folks look at me like I'm crazy now. Like, you know, it's... Doc, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and KG is a witness. It took forever and a day just to get somebody to actually listen to us about bringing the Women's Final Four here to Houston. The fact that they've now got females in charge that have a an open mind to women's sports is why they've gotten as far as they have here in the state of Texas to bring in the Final Four here. Because right. the last time it was in the state of Texas, as it found, uh, was it, it, it either goes to San Antonio, and then before that, it, it was actually on campus at the University of Texas. But now, hopefully, in the next go round, um, it ain't coming. Houston be in Dallas. That's close enough. So whatever. It's, it's close enough. All the people. I want to actually sleep in my bed and all like that. Whatever. Like keep, keep, keep up alive. <laughs> we'll be watching down from heaven before it comes to the city of Houston. Because there are not enough movers and shakers to get involved and get that here in the city of Houston. I'm not unless that changes. Well, it, won't change. it, it ain't I'll put it change. like this: the You're conversation right. that I one had, of the big things that I can't change go it public with it, but it is two things. One, the time factor and all of putting it, putting that together, and putting it in between, scheduling it in between events. Is where they are right now, and that's what they're trying to get around. That's what they're trying to resolve. That part of it. excuses, excuses, if, if excuses. They, if, if they wanted to have host a women's final four in the city of Houston, they would get it done. They I'm have better saying. facilities than many of the cities that oh, yeah. bid for the final four. Was it Columbus? We going Columbus, Pittsburgh, you know, whatever. Please, you can't and don't cite those powerhouse cities. That of uh, fan support, Aggies support the Aggies. You can bring all those folks. Mm-hmm. Baylor come down here. Yeah. Baylor come down here. If they want to get it done, they would would have got it done. And if they would have asked for your input or my input a couple of years ago, we would have got this done already. Yeah, because um. But now you got me fired up. So forget all that <laughs> stuff. Good luck to the Astros versus the Yankees on Tuesday. Are you gonna say thank you for your Cougars? Cougars play uh, SMU. Thursday, seven o'clock on ESPN two inside. Come and TV, watch a real football ECU, team. Uh, football stadium. Come, come and watch a real football really, team. You watch more. You see more points Thursday in that game than you will in the Texans Colts game also on Thursday. I bet you that might see some better. Might see better quarterback play as well in that game too. Well, one thing for sure, it'll be exciting. So it'll be some excitement. So good luck to the Cougs going going for their five and zero start. Coach Tom Herman is, is doing things well there. Told you. Yes, Greg Ward Jr., most player of the week. You people. And go to YouTube and watch the press conference, today's press conference of Coach Tom Herman and around the eight-minute mark just to see Coach Herman's reaction to when it was announced to him during the press conference that Greg Ward Jr. was named conference player of the week. Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. This is another KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.